Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Today we are studying in the book of Acts, chapter 21. Here's Pastor Ryan. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9.22, I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. I have become all things to all men. My mom's Mexican, my dad's Hawaiian and uh, Arabic, right? So you know, you know how it goes when I'm in the Middle East, I'm Arabic. <laughs> when I'm in Hawaii, brah. <laughs> and when I'm in Mexico, soy mexicano. I'm all things to all people that I might save. You know, it's discernment. It's, discer it's trying to relate. It's good to know who you're speaking to. And, and I believe the Holy Spirit will, will guide us in that. And Paul, as you see here, is beginning to give his testimony. I am indeed a Jew, born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in the city at the feet of Gamaliel, taught according to the strictness of our father's law, and was zealous toward God as you are today. And I, and I persecuted this way, the way is, he's speaking of Christianity, to the death, binding and delivering into, into prisons both men and women. And I you know, we got to stop and, and, and consider how he started this. He, he said to the crowd, this is my defense. I love that. What is our defense but our testimony? Amen. Is it not how God saved you and I? Isn't that our defense? Amen. Against who? Against the devil? Against this world? Against our own heart? The Bible says that if your heart condemns you, that God is greater than our hearts. Amen. Our testimonies are more powerful than we give it credit, I believe. I love reading about his testimony because it reminds me how powerful ours are. And we need that in these last days to share how in the world did you get from point A to point B? You had nothing to do with God. You lived for yourself. How, how did you go from not believing in him to believing in him, to not walking in his ways to walking? That's a fascinating story. And the devil knows it and doesn't want us to share it because if we share it, we make the gates of Hades quake and shake. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, it tells us that they overcame him, that's the devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives even unto death. It is your story that is powerful. Because so often times you feel the heaviness of a guilty conscience when you know the blood of Christ has cleansed you already, but yet the devil keeps condemning and keeps accusing because that is what he does. And the Bible says that he does it night and day at the throne of God. And being on this side of heaven and not in our, in our new bodies yet, the world weighs on us, our flesh weighs on us, and and, and we have moments where, my goodness, we're clean. We know we're clean. We just feel so dirty and so guilty. But you're not. And I'm not. As Jesus told the disciples, you are clean because of the word that I have spoken. 
And I think of the word, right, when the enemy comes with those lies. In Romans 8, 31 through 35, it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for all of us, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, and uh, who is even at the right hand of the Father, who also makes intercession for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? No one. We are not condemned. Jesus did not come to condemn. He came to save us from condemnation. For those of us who have given him our heart. Jesus did not have to come and condemn the world because the world is already condemned. It's like beating a dead horse, like they say. How are you going to kill somebody that's already dead? He came to awaken us to life. The Bible says that when we were dead in our trespasses, Christ died for us. We were dead. The world is already dead. We have to give them the gospel message that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And on the third day, he rose from the dead to conquer sin and death. And for those who put their faith in him, though they, their sins will be forgiven and they will have eternal life. Paul was just like them though. He was zealous for God and wanting to destroy the, the, the new faith called the way. Isn't it important to let people know that we're sharing too? That we were in the same boat as they are? It's so important in our testimony to be specific concerning how we thought prior to accepting Jesus Christ as the Son of God and our Lord and Savior. What were, your, what were your thoughts? Because it relates to where they're at at that moment. Oh, I wanted to persecute Christians too. He just let them know I was just like you. I would have wanted to, I would have wanted to tore myself up. I would have wanted to tore Paul up too, Paul is saying, basically. So I love sharing with folks. You know, I was a skeptic. I came from the punk rock scene, the gangster scene. And yeah, I, I was a skeptic on government, on, on religious establishment. You name any authority. Yeah, I was that way. I was lost. I thought God did not love me. I thought God would not forgive me. I thought that God was selective in his love. That he said, you know, he was the type of guy that said, I love you, I don't love you, I love you, I don't love you. And I felt like I was one of the ones that he, he did not love. I like sharing that with people because it resonates with people. Your story resonates, how you thought. And I tell them, I never read this. I didn't know what he had to say. All I heard is what priests told me. and I wasn't buying what they were saying. I didn't know that he was so real and so true. Amen. And he said here, I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women. I mean, who has been so bad? Who has been such a great sinner as Paul the Apostle? I think of Mary Magdalene. She was possessed by seven demons. What a, I hear that. He literally unto death, Stephen, who was 
the Lord's martyr of the first church. Unto death, Paul participated in that. Probably voted for that. Held the coats of those who were stoning Stephen. Who has been so bad, yet God loved and had mercy on Paul the apostle. And if he can have mercy on him, then he can have mercy on us. And that's something the world doesn't understand. They think their sins are too grave. They've gone too far. That's not the case. Turn with me to Mark really quick. Mark chapter 2, verse 15. And give me an amen once you're there, please. Now it happened, as he, Jesus, was dining at Levi's house, who was a Pharisee, that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, How is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Paul! a sinner the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God I pray that this morning that we are, are grateful people the fact that Christ came for sinners like us because it's only a, a heart of gratitude for that fact that we will care to do anything for Jesus. Jesus said, he who is forgiven much loves much. What did Jesus say? If you love me, keep my commandments. So it's like he who is forgiven much loves who much? Who do they love much? Jesus. He who is forgiven much loves Jesus much. And Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's why we serve him, because we love him. We love him, that's why we serve him. Tired, grouchy, grumpy, happy, good weather, bad weather, easy serving, hard serving, whatever it is. For Jesus, anything. He saved me. Anything. Paul would say, this is a faithful saying. 1 Timothy 1.15 And worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners in whom I am chief. Paul the apostle is letting them know Letting the world know, I am the chief of sinners. He went on to say in 1 Corinthians 15, 9, For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. Can you imagine, like, I'm not worthy to be called a follower of Christ, because I persecuted, you know, it's such a humble heart, broken heart. He said, I am the least of the apostles. I am not even worthy to be called an apostle because I persecute I mean you talk about some self evaluation some self honesty I mean he he saw what Christ had had done for him he loved God the world needs to know that God's holy men and women are men and women who were very much sinners at one time. But Christ came to remove that plague, that disease. 
His blood cleansed us of all of our unrighteousness. And there is no sin too grave. Murders, abortions, abuses of every kind, the blood of Christ is so precious. Now it happened, verse 6. Another thing about Paul's testimony before we move on was that how Paul spoke plainly. Paul didn't get technical, didn't try to sound all sophisticated, even though that's the capital of sophistication and education and religion. He just began to tell them his story on how he met Jesus. And that's what we do. He would write about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18, or he had written about it already. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. I mean, how cool is that? How much faith does one have to have to have to say all I got to do is say the main things in a plain way and if it's meant to be it's going to hook some fish versus oh how do I you know just give him what he has done verse 6 now it happened as I journeyed here's the story and came near Damascus at about noon, suddenly a great light from heaven shone around me. And I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So I answered, who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. And Paul indeed was persecuting Jesus even though the Lord was already, already resurrected and at the right hand of the Father, by coming after Jesus' people, Christians, it was like attacking the Lord himself. And that's what Christ said to him. Why are you persecuting me? And again, there's a great comfort in that, knowing that if, as a believer, as a child of God, that if anyone touches you, tries to hurt you, tries to slander you for your faith in Christ. Christ is the one that is being injured. Christ is taking it as unto himself. And if that's the case, then Christ will take care of it. Great comfort in that. And those who were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid, but they did not hear the voice of him who spoke to me. So I said, what shall I do, Lord? What shall I do? That's the response of someone who has been forgiven much. What shall I do? We give God, when we come to him and we're born again, we give him the deed to our life. He is the manager now. He is our Lord and he has something for us to do to love him to seek him 
to be involved with his people. The Bible says that he who has been born of God also loves God's people. I know there are those who say, oh, I love God. I just don't like, I like his people. It's an oxymoron. Love God more. How about that? Love God even more. To the point where you love prickly people. What shall I do, Lord? That should be our everyday. What shall I do? We're never too old or young to say, what shall I do? And the Lord said to, to me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all things which are appointed for you to do. And since I could not see for the glory of that light, being led by the hand of those who were with me, I came into Damascus. Then a certain Ananias a devout man, according to the law, having a good testimony with all the Jews who dwelt there, came to me and he stood and said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that same hour, I looked at him. And you know the story when this took place. Ananias, he had to be assured by God. Jesus spoke to him. That Paul, this Saul that has been persecuting the church, he's with us. And, and the way the Lord put it was, he's praying. He's praying. Do you think being blind for three days would cause you to pray? You know, I, yeah, I, I've never really camped out in that reality. But we don't read that the Lord said, hey, you're going to be blind for three days. Like that would be terrible but you can deal with that. I can deal with that. Because he said three days. God didn't say three days. He just said go to Damascus. And you're going to be told what to do there. And it caused brother Saul. Saul who's now Paul. To pray. He would have eye issues in the future. As we're told. He had a thorn in his flesh that was given to him that Satan buffeted him they think it was an eye condition because he had told the church if you could give me your eyes your own eyes you would have given them to me but he had some sort of physical ailment guys Paul's head was in danger of getting too big that's the reason why he gave he said he was exposed to such revelation I mean he wrote most of the New Testament, a lot of the New Testament. So with so much revelation, he was in danger of becoming prideful. So the Lord allowed Satan to buffet him. And he prayed three times to the Lord to heal him. And the Lord said, stop praying, stop asking. My grace is sufficient for thee. In your weakness, my strength will be perfected. So when I think of him getting hit with this blindness right after this experience, can you just imagine being blind? If every Christian was, was stricken with physical blindness, I bet the church would wake up. I bet the church would be on fire. Because like Paul, what else can we do but weep and wail and cry, why am I blind? We'd be praying like crazy. Yeah. 
We'd be saying, if I can only see again, I'll serve you like I never served you before. I'll do anything, Lord. We take our health for granted. I know I'm guilty of it. These bodies truly are bodies of death. They scare me. You know, you eat a salalito and your blood goes through high blood pressure. <laughs> you can't, you know, you can't eat anything anymore at 40. I mean, what is? It just reminds us this isn't heaven. But as long as we can serve the Lord in, in these bodies, shouldn't we give him our all? There are so many people who have to deal with handicaps. And they, you know, I had recent scares, man, and I'm, I have more compassion today than I did a month ago. I'll just say that. I have more compassion for our poor brethren in the world who serve, who trust, who pray to God, and they have physical ailments. Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that same hour, I looked up at him. Then he said, the God of our fathers has chosen you, that you should know his will and see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth. For you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And now, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. That's just so beautiful. What are you waiting for? Arise. Call upon the name of the Lord. What are you waiting for? And that speaks to your heart, speaks to mind. Get busy. To be on our way to hell, it's like, it's like, it just, and being plucked out of that should inspire us. Should, should cause a great love. We were indeed blind and now we can see. I mean, the lame people who were healed in the Bible did, did not leap for joy. They're leaping because they could not leap before. I serve him because I didn't serve him before. I couldn't. In my unbelief, I was lost. I'm saved. I'm, I'm leaping towards the prize, the higher calling. Now it happened. When I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple that I was in a trance and saw him saying to me, make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. So I said, Lord, they know that in every synagogue I imprisoned and beat those who believe on you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by consenting to his death and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Then he said to me, depart, for I will send you far from here to the Gentiles. I don't know what's going on as far as what was in Paul's heart. But it's interesting that he goes to the temple after his Damascus experience, perhaps thinking, this is where I think I'll be effective. I'm Jewish, they're Jewish. I knew the law, they know the law. No, I'm sending you to the Gentiles. 
Because God is so unique. And sometimes it's the opposites that get us, that attract. Paul, who couldn't stand Gentiles, is going to be used by God to win over the Gentiles. You know, they tried to typecast me when I got saved. They said, you know where you'd be good at? The juvenile halls and the jails. Oh yeah, you'll be good at the juvenile halls. And the, I grew up in South Omani in Gangsterville. Last thing I want to do is spend more time around gangsters. That just, yeah, I was tired of it. I was tired of it. I'm cool. But I did go in there, you know, for a while. Orange County Jail, and I did that. And God has called me to minister to families. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m., or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and just hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Chapin, a